Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Jack of All, the podcast I started just to find daily inspiration and a whole bunch of different things, and um, yeah, even after yesterday was my very first one to record, and I thought um, most of the people that I listen to on podcasts just offer things that are inspiring thought. That was my whole desire with this is everything that I talk about, I realize I'm probably going to know far less than everybody else. The idea is just to bring some train of thought and just to give us some things to meditate on throughout the day. So hopefully you find this valuable um, and we start to look for inspiration and more things than we're used to. Sometimes we become so tunnel visioned in where we find inspiration and uh, where we look for truth, and it is all around us if we will just look for it. So, one of the guys who commented yesterday on my podcast post, I think I posted it on Facebook, was my old buddy Brandon Cruz, aka Cruise Missile, guy that I knew from the Air Force. And, uh, yeah, I was just thinking last night about some of the stories with Cruz, and we had. We had some fun times, man. There's just one story that stood out that I think is, to this day, I think about this story and it makes me laugh out loud. So we were, uh, our squadron, where were we at that time? Mississippi? Yeah, I think we were in Barksdale, Mississippi. And our whole base was gathered together. So there are just thousands of people on this grassy plain. It's like Woodstock. And uh, a general was coming to speak to us. Maybe not four-star, but it was, uh, he was up there. And so our whole squadron, I mean, our whole base is gathered. And in the most patronizing display, this general is asking the sea of people questions. And if you got the question right, then he'd throw out a Snickers bar to you, which is just ridiculous in its own right. But... Uh, he asked this question, uh, question itself isn't funny, but he's like, how many people do you think in the military died of drunk driving last year? And a sea of hands go up for people just clamoring for a Snickers bar. <laughs> and old cruise missile throws his hand up, and out of all these people, the general calls on Cruz, and Cruz goes, 300! And the general motions with his hand up like it's a higher number. And Cruz goes, infinity! And I lost it. I don't know that I've ever laughed that hard in my entire life. And the look of disappointment that came over that general's face was just so funny to me. And then Cruz holds out his hand like, dude, give up the Snickers. That guy couldn't have walked away faster he was just so bummed out with humanity at that point. I think he was even more off-put that the guy next to him, me, was rolling on the ground laughing and just making a mockery of the Snickers handout. Oh, dude. Man, I will tell that story every three days now just to get me in good spirits. Another thing I watched last night, uh, I'm a TED Talk watcher. I love those things. But I found one that tweaked my fancy. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about gossip. And I was like, oh, this is 
I'm into this. I talk about this all the time. So I watched this video, and the point of this TED Talk was that gossip is necessary. So I was like, uh, all right. This lady who gave the talk, she worked for one of the tabloids or TMZ or whatever, and she was saying that gossip is like a necessary part of the social ecosystem, that our gossip propels certain people to the status that we need them to be so that we have something to aspire to. And, you know, gossip allows us to connect with each other, to connect to people. Honestly, I can't even believe I made it all the way through. It was pretty brutal to listen to, only because I couldn't disagree more. Uh, And I might be missing something here, but with all my dealings with people, gossip seems to be the most destructive force that there is. All right, why do people gossip? I'm I'm not I'm not like impervious to this. I I've for sure gossiped. I have a pull to gossip. But why? Why do we do it? I think one is attention. Right? When we gossip, it's like people turn their entire attention to us and that feels good and I don't know. When we offer something that people didn't know, when we have something quote unquote valuable to say, we feel in charge. You know, we feel like we have influence. And there's an addictive sensation of having influence for sure. Uh, it can be good or bad, but uh, once you feel like you've had influence over somebody or somebody has changed because of something that you've said, you have this feeling of uh, it can easily go to this prideful, powerful place, but you're like, oh, I matter. And that can be addictive. I think another reason is. Um, we always view ourselves as worse than everybody else, right? It, that's the, the Facebook condition. As we see everybody else's Facebook lives, we assume that's their real life, and we see all the crap that we do, and so we just think, oh my gosh, compared to everybody else, I'm just garbage. I'm so much worse. And so gossiping kind of adds a human element to other people. You know, we use it almost to bring people down to our perceived level how how awful is that instead of celebrating other people we just our desires to tear them down to feel better about ourselves. it seems like seems like we are either fighting for people against insecurity or for insecurity against people you know like whose side are we on are we for people or are we on the side of insecurity trying to tear people down. I don't know. It's just, it's a crazy mentality. But the more we are for people, the less we seem to compare. The more we embrace differences as beautiful. Um, I don't know. One of my big passions, which is why I've loved being a pastor, and honestly, in everything that I've done, whether it's coaching, whether it's counseling, spending time with people, whatever, my passion is ending the comparison between us and other people. It's that's just such a pull to that. To am I better or worse than somebody else instead of recognizing somebody's unique beauty and my unique beauty. And pride and insecurity, which go hand in hand, by the way. Uh, pride always is from insecurity and vice versa. Those are the exact opposite of that. It's needing to be better than other people. Uh, oh man, I found this awesome quote by C.S. Lewis. Let me see if I can find it. C.S. Lewis is one of my heroes, by the way. He says this, 
Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. It is the comparison that makes you proud, the pleasure of being above the rest. Once the element of competition is gone, pride is gone. How good is that? Goodness gracious. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. It's okay It's okay to enjoy parts of, of yourself. In fact, that's necessary. You're never going to step into who you've been designed to be if you don't embrace the beautiful parts of yourself. Pride comes when I need my beauty to be more beautiful than somebody else. Um, plus, one of the destructive forces of gossip is that Gossip breeds passivity, you know? There's no like healthy confrontation in gossip. It's just this negativity like in the shadows, you know? It's this like lurking two-faced desire to take other people down. It's just a gross it's a gross feeling. You never come out of gossip and just feel good about yourself and it puts your mind in a horrible place. You know? Gossipers don't tend to be the happiest people in life, at least in my experience. Now, I don't know why this is, but it seems like this tends to be a bigger struggle of females. Um, I don't know the psychology behind it. Maybe it's maybe it's the emotional honesty of a female. Yeah, and gossip, whatever that is, that pride and insecurity kind of manis- manifests itself differently in females than in males. Uh, as a whole here, right? I know that there are obviously exceptions, but men take their insecurity and like bottle it deep down and it comes out in anger or becoming workaholics, right? So maybe guys don't struggle with gossip as much as females because, because we're not as emotionally honest. That could be a thing. That we're just not as connected to our emotions. And it seems like gossip usually is kind of spurred by emotions. And uh, gossip is spurred by something broken in us. So is workaholism. So is anger. So is frustration. So are these um, different things that that are evident in guys. But the brokenness manifests, manifests itself differently. Women tend to be more open (laughs) with their brokenness and they will just tell you hey this is what i'm feeling i know it's not right but this is what it is at least that's what my wife does and guys will kind of bottle it down and chris and i have this talk all the time is just because it looks a different way doesn't mean it's better my brokenness versus hers Uh, kristen is more emotional my wife and i am more logical at least our approach to an argument. And whether you're a girl or a guy, you probably resonate with one of those two things. Either you find yourself being emotionally charged in an argument or logically charged in an argument, which just means you have different ways to quote unquote win an argument. You know, emotional, the goal of an emotional, to to win it emotionally is you wanna make the logical person feel like they don't care enough about the issue you know that's what you aren't crying 
you obviously don't care as much as I do about this. <laughs> it's just to make the person feel, oh my gosh, you can't connect with this. You don't understand it. You can't feel that. That's the goal of the emotional person. That's how the emotional person wins the argument. The logical person, the goal is to make the emotional person feel stupid, right? Stop crying. Let's all just calm down and let's just use the biggest vocabulary words we can to get through this. <laughs> that's, that's me. Maybe I can just say some things that sound really intelligent. You will give up because you don't feel like you can use big words too. That's how Graham wins an argument. Both are incredibly broken, uh, but different approaches to it. And really, God didn't put me with Kristen so that I could teach her how to use big words and approach arguments the same way I do. The exact opposite. He put us together so that we could complement each other, right? so that we could learn from each other, so that we could benefit from each other's perspectives. Uh, pride views others' perspectives as threats, and humility recognizes the beauty in other people can complement the beauty in ourselves type of thing. So, um, yeah, speaking of, of Air Force, I saw this when I was in the Air Force. Um, in basic training, which is the very first thing that you do, I think ours was eight weeks, and you know, it's a thing. If you've never been through any rigorous anything, it can feel like a lot, but especially Air Force wasn't that big of a deal. However, um, it would definitely force out some realities that you hadn't dealt with before. We had, so our flight was about 40 people. I was uh, dorm chief was my title, which meant I was kind of in charge of these guys. I was a liaison between our TI, our training instructor, and the flight. So I was, at least in the flight, I was kind of the top guy, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the leadership aspect. But right across the hall, we had a sister flight. So we had a flight of all females, and... Here's the difference between the two. Our sister flight, um, they started out great. I, I remember watching them. I was like, man, how are they all best friends just right away? And they were all just for each other, and we're a group, and we're going to get the, through this together. And then two weeks in, all hell broke loose. Right? It was it was just total chaos. And one of my roles ended up being like this counselor for their flight. And after hours, they would come into the hallway and I had, you know, my little door guard stand there. And I would kind of meet with these people in counseling sessions in a, in a weird sort of way um, because they had just, I mean, things had gone so terribly wrong. One of the girls took a helmet and beat the other girl in the head with a helmet. Like, it was just crazy. And I was like, what is going on? How did it turn so much? My TI at the time had a, uh, had a theory on this. Here's what he said. He goes, I've seen this all the time with sister flights, and it's different with, with the male flights. And he said the sister flights, at the very beginning... Uh, he broadened it to females, he would say, would just spill everything about themselves. They would just put it all out there. Here's everything about my life. And so you would instantly feel connected, and you'd be like, oh my gosh, I know more about this person than I know about even some of my close friends, and we're, we're besties. 
And then later on, uh, you realize you don't want all these people as friends. <laughs> They're people that you don't get along with. And so all of a sudden, all that information that's out there about yourself is used in this malicious way against you. And it's now attacks. And it's now uh, stabbing you in the back and using that as ammunition against you. Whereas the guy flights, though they don't bond as quickly, uh, that guys are more guarded, which can be bad, but are selective with who they will let into their worlds. And so uh, instead of just this vomiting out and, oh crap, I wish I had all that back, guys are like, I eh, hear the people who are kind of worthy, maybe, to hear this about myself. And I think that there's good and bad in, in both sides. Um, Anyway, interesting. So, um, crazy. And then guys, it it looked different. Listen to this story. Uh, I had this guy in my flight. His name was Fadilla. Trainee. We're all called trainees. Trainee Fadilla. And Fadilla was from a family, very honor-shame culture. Uh, and... We were supposed to graduate on a certain date, and his parents were flying over from Korea to see him graduate. And then he failed his PT test, which was just not a good thing, which means he got washed back two weeks, which means that his parents were going to have to cancel their flight. And it just seemed like failing was not something that you do in their family. And I felt so bad for this guy. And you could just see this wave of panic wash over him. And he kind of forced it down like guys do and kept right on going. Well, one night, because I'm dorm chief, I'm pacing the floor uh, in our room. And all of a sudden, I just hear this crashing in the hallway. I was like, what the heck? I go, and Fadilla, uh, he was smashing his face on the ground like the most gruesome thing that I've seen. Blood everywhere. And I had to grab him and like put him in a chokehold, essentially, to protect him from himself. And he had a mental breakdown. He he completely lost it because he had just bottled all this stuff down. And it was just, I don't know, the difference, right? Not one broken's better than the other. Both, if unchecked, lead to one leads to gossip. The other just leads to mental breakdown and stress. But, um, yeah, isn't that crazy about Fadilla? It just seemed in that moment that he was unable of perspective. It's eight weeks, right? It's eight weeks. Eight weeks, you can endure anything for eight weeks. But in that moment, he couldn't get beyond that. His circumstances were so much bigger that he couldn't see the rest of his life. Now, I've used this metaphor before, but it's the power of perspective, right? I talk about an eclipse, right? This, like a lunar eclipse. Lunar eclipse, is that right or is it solar eclipse? Whichever one were the, who cares? It's the one where we can't see the sun because of the moon. And the point is, is if we're in a certain perspective and we look up and all we see, we can't see the sun, all we can see is the moon, is we figure, okay, the moon is bigger than the sun. 
The moon is more powerful than the sun. It's dark right now because the moon is is just this huge surpassing force. When in actuality, it's it's not even close. There's, the number that I memorized was 64.3 million moons could fit inside the sun, right? It's not even close. But so many times we just have this perspective of our problems are so huge, we can't see beyond them. In the Christian realm, we, we think that about our our sin, like our mistakes and our faults. And, oh my gosh, they're so, you know, they're inescapable. And our faults are so much bigger than God. And it's just this perspective when we realize that our faults are, they don't even register in the magnitude of God's love and grace for us, right? So many of our problems in life don't even register on this spectrum uh, of eternity that we have to live but we just get so caught up on them and say they're inescapable instead of recognizing man there is maybe consequences for that but the love that god has for us surpasses that by so much so well all right we've been going for 21 minutes that seems good enough for today hope this got you guys thinking about some things uh today enjoy doing this if you have any notes like um one person told me uh, after this, yesterday's episode was 18 minutes. My buddy Kevin said, uh, it was good. I would just shorten it by 18 minutes. So if you have any constructive criticism like that, that just gets me fired up, feel free to share that. And uh, yep, I'll see you guys next time.